What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and it's time for our signature show, the Week 4 Recap Session with the NFL Super Friends. Myself, John Breach, and Ryan Wilson. John, live from his basement in a uh, knockoff Bengals sweatshirt? Knockoff. Can you imagine? It's like a, it's not even orange. It's like Texas colored. It's like burnt. It's like burnt. Uh, and Ryan Wilson live from the glorious, uh, studios, uh, podcast studio in Stamford, Connecticut. I thought wearing a Bengals jersey would be going overboard. So I toned it down a little. It's only one win. I'm not going to go overboard just yet. So I got a knockoff orange pullover and, and it will get closer to the Bengals gradient of orange with each win. Okay. Well, we, uh, we are going to, we're actually going to cover. The first place, one, two, and one team before we get to hear your Cincinnati Bengals and that. Let's start week four. By the way, we're going to rip through all the games as we always do on here. You can uh, check out everything you need to know about our takes on Twitter, uh, Twitter at Twitter or at pick six pod on Twitter and at pick six pod on Instagram. Go follow the podcast social media accounts. I egged my best bets. Pete Briscoe continues to be hot and everything he thinks. How it's going to happen in the season continues to happen. It's very disturbing, but let's first get Prisco 2020. It really is. It makes sense. It makes sense that Prisco would like be good in a pandemic. Anyway. Hey, let me offer a suggestion for you. Why don't you tell us what happened in the game? Because I think Devo deserves the the first commentary on huge win. First win of the year for the Eagles. All right. Hey, by the way, you can watch this whole thing on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. Even if you don't want to watch on YouTube, and you probably should because if you get to like the 70 minute mark of this podcast, we just start like zoning out and, and yawning and stuff. Uh, but just go subscribe, go do us a favor and hit that subscribe button on that YouTube channel. We are rolling up, uh, the subscriber numbers and appreciate it. All right. So to the Eagles win 25 20 over the 49ers in San Francisco. Philadelphia closes a nine point Dog in this game on Sunday night football, the top fantasy performers, George Kittle absolutely smashed in this game. Kittle was catching everything when the backup, uh, uh, quarterbacks are in there and Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard were in there for the, uh, for the 49ers. They funnel it to George Kittle, 15 catches, 183 receiving yards on 15 targets, by the way, and a touchdown. Kittle was incredible. The 49ers, though, lose the game after a bomb from Carson Wentz. Maybe it's one good throw of the night, uh, to the, some, somebody named Fulgham, Todd Fulgham, and then an immediate pick six by Nick Mullins. Uh, Debo, I'll ask you this. You know, it, it, you have, a, you have some, a little bit of bitterness that we talked about before the podcast, but, uh, mostly excited to see the Eagles get their first win of the season. Absolutely. I told you that tie was going to matter. I told you that tie. Uh, I mean, it's, it's week four, so it matters a little bit. Right and, and I do think we'll get to it later. I think the Bengals are pretty legit, semi legit, but the way that the Eagles played tonight, you just got to compliment them for their, their energy and, and their fight. There's every reason they could have lost this game and they kept fighting Carson Wentz. Not a perfect game, but I'll take it a, a huge step up from previous weeks. I, don't think giving him credit for just one throw tonight is fair, but I know that's what like what you like to do when when you're talking about Carson Wentz, and I'm on the other end of this podcast. Um, Travis Fulgham was who caught that ball, Brenton, number one. He went to ODU, and actually, you know what's funny? Timothy Fulgham. 
I was, I had a very, by the way, he wasn't in the DraftKings pool. Like you couldn't even play him in fantasy. Well, yeah, he was in a practice squad. Uh, he wasn't drafted. I actually talked to him, uh, leading up to the draft. I thought I saw him for like 20 minutes. And uh, so I had like sort of a proud pop-up moment. Like, oh, there's a really good kid who busted his butt, didn't make a team. I think he got picked up by another team, got cut. Right place, right time. And look, 95 times out of 100, if you drop that ball as an undrafted free agent, no one cares. Like, eh, what, what were the chances anyway? He caught it, and then he held on to it, and then he got into the end zone. And look, it's going to sound like a I'm, – I'm sensationalizing this, but that throw could be sort of the turning point for Carson Wentz. Here's the thing, though, and I, I don't think Debo would disagree with this. He, that man is running for his life, and when he's not running for his life, you feel like he's Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. And you understand that. You get punched in the face ten times in a row. When the one time the guy fakes it, you're, you're going to flinch. So they have to sort that out. The injuries are out of control, but every team has injuries, and, and you just have to combat that. But I thought it was a gritty, gritty win um, against true, a truly terrible Nick Mullins. I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we people spent the week debating whether or not he was going to be the 49ers starting quarterback for the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 Jimmy Garoppolo. Did mm. People suggest that Nick Mullins might be as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. That, that like, that's Apparently that got a lot of run. Nobody, nobody on this podcast, no, of course, not. talked about that or believed it. But apparently that got that grew some legs and started running. Uh, and we saw in this game why Kyle Shanahan was smart to just shoot that down. Uh, literally, as soon as he got the question, he was just so like, he got asked that. Like so, he, that was he got really, asked that leading up to this game. He's like, he literally said, "There is no scenario where Nick Mullins unseats Jimmy Garoppolo." And you know, it's like he watches them every day in practice. You trust Kyle Shanahan's take on this? They just went to the Super Bowl. And like, now I think everyone trusts it. You don't think he would just play Nick Mullins in the play? <laughs> He's not, if Nick Mullins is better, he'd play Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is not better. Uh, Ford Niners offensive line wasn't good either. I thought the Eagles defensive line, uh, did a really good job. Uh, yeah. May have been the end of the Trent Williams comeback player of the year award, uh, campaign on, on Sunday night. You hate to see. Fortunately, it. Mike McGlinchey was too busy getting trucked on every single, uh, reverse pancakes on every single passing down. <laughs> so for anyone is that a, is that a real way. phrase? How much What's are you going to owe Ryan? Just What's to that, bring, Devo? How much are you going to owe Ryan? Just to bring up, I got to oh, bring right, up yeah. that bet. $20, I believe. Okay. And that's not counting the Mr. Biscuit money you and. Oh, I thought it was counting the Mr. Biscuit money. Oh, okay. Well, what's his face hasn't paid me either, but he who shall not be named. Um, it, yeah, look, I, I was joking about Wentz's one good throw. Wentz was, Wentz was thrown to nobody. I mean, Greg Ward was his top receiver coming into the game. Like that's what happened to the Eagles last year in week 17. Um, Ward seven ca- or four catches on seven targets, 38 receiving yards. Richard Rogers. Do you remember Richard Rogers? Yes. You remember you what know, he was doing? once. I missed what? him for. Yeah, he's the he's the um, Motown miracle guy. Yeah, he's also yeah. the guy who uh, the onside kick guy. In the, no, in the he is team. not. That's who I thought it was. So I looked oh, it up. Not? That, that was Bostic because I didn't want to. No, it was Richard Rogers. No, look it up. Look it up, Breach. Because I looked it up because I had that same. I said that's Richard Rogers, the guy he made back. He made it all the way back from that. It was Bostic. Who does Brenton think it is? Richard I Rogers. It was, it was I also thought game onside kick thing. No, well, I, I I looked it up tonight because I was curious about that. Richard Rogers has a much better. Story. He caught the 61 yard touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Double check it. Look up, um, cause it was Bostic, according to my keep sources. Keep talking. Keep talking. On the Dr. Google machine. Uh, but right. So Richard Rodgers came out of nowhere because he signed. It was uh, Brandon Bostic. Huh. Right. So here's the thing. Richard yeah, Rodgers. I'm Richard Rodgers. Yeah. It, well, we, well, I, I, I cut you off. Richard Rodgers, the last two years had exactly one catch. And what do you have? Two or three tonight? Uh, he had a total of three. 
Yeah. Three so catchers. I mean that that's that's where we're at in the pass catchers for the Eagles. Greg and, Ward. And, uh, no, not not that's where we're at. Let me add to that's where we're at. Richard Rogers got cut by Washington <laughs> just like three weeks ago. So that's where we're at. The Eagles are taking also rands from Washington's roster and using them to catch passes from Carson Wentz. What, what's up with Zach Ertz? He has four catches for nine yards. I think, I mean, he's, he's the focal point of the offense right now. Yeah. He's just the, the focal point. Um, no Dallas Goddard, no, no one. So yeah, even, you know, I, I, don't like making excuses, but at, at some point I was ready to do that tonight based on the guys that were out there and, and the fact that they were able to come out and win. It's a huge boost for the season. And I don't, like huge. Ryan said, I don't know if it's the complete turning point because, you know, I said last week, I think this team's going to win the division at six, nine and one, but, uh, this gets them one sixth of the way there. Five, Debo, five, ten, um, and one. Let me say this real quick. So next week at Steelers, then Ravens. Yep. And then I think it's the Giants and the Cowboys. I think that's the order. And then there's they're by. Giants, Cowboys, by Giants. Giants again. I think they can they can lose the next two games and it makes zero difference. Oh, if you go one and one of the next two games, it's it's icing. It's great. Zero, right. If you go zero and two, you're like, okay, I just win your division games is all you have to do at this point. Yeah, go four yeah, and think, two in the division, true. split with the Cowboys, and then and win some wins. games late that's in the it. year. Yeah. yeah. That's your six points. Like you, you don't have to win any other games. You have to worry about being the Packers or the Saints or the Seahawks. You, you can just forfeit those games <laughs> and let everyone get healthy, and and then not say, a crazy "All right, idea. I mean, <laughs> it's you're in the NFC East. Why not? You have nothing to lose. You could actually. I'm. You know, we should toss that out there as a brilliant idea. You guys want a fun fact about the Eagles? I do. They have only run three offensive plays this year with the lead in the fourth quarter. Well, they only have one win. So, I mean, I mean, well, they yeah, have a tie, they, and yeah. they played Washington in week one. Do you know which NFC East team has the most plays run with a lead in the fourth quarter? Probably Washington. Yes. Do you know how yeah, many it's it not is? the Cowboys, I don't think, right? I don't, but I know they beat Philly in week one, so how many ever plays they ran in Eleven. Eleven. That's the, that's the team. Because Dallas has uh, zero, right? Because so. they won a field goal. The field goal at the last second is their only win. Do you know that the 49ers, you, you know this, they're in last place in the division, but they have the best point differential in the division? Oh. They're tied with the, they're now two and two tied with the Cardinals. Look, I, I don't know, I don't think you put a whole lot in the 49ers. The 49ers are really banged up. They spent two weeks playing at MetLife Stadium. But I will say this, that's, that's fair, but coming into this game, the, the, here's the storyline, and I was uh, guilty of this as well. Yes, the 49ers are banged up, but they don't complain about it like the Eagles are complaining about all their injuries, forcing them to be terrible. So, Hey, the Eagles are banged up, and Doug Peterson's saying uh, there are no layups. Not well, and, and, and Brinson mentioning they're playing two weeks in MetLife Stadium like, like it's an excuse. But, hey, they're 2-0 yeah, two at MetLife Stadium. They're 0-2 at Levi Stadium. Maybe they need to be playing on crappy turf because that is the only way they can win. Well, would you, would you, would you let the Steelers, Ryan, or Bengals, John – uh, play 16 games. Like if you're, you're in charge of the team, they can play 16 games. They get the Jets eight times and the Giants eight times, but they have to play all 16 games at MetLife Stadium. What would you do? Yeah. Cause you, you get up, here's the fingers crossed. You can get through to halftime. You'll be up by four scores and then you put in Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph and <laughs> hold on for just run, and Ryan Finley. <laughs> right. You just run like Finley and, and Mason out there for the whole game. You just trot backups out the whole time and just see if you can win. Uh, you know, all right. Anyway, let's, let's move on to the, 
Yes, Josh. I was just going to say real quick, we can talk about injuries all we want, but with the 49ers, like, these guys have to get healthy at some point. You know, it, it's fine that they're out right now, but if this keeps being an extended period of time, you know, you lose two more games and you're in a tough division, you've got to stop making excuses. So, it, you know, their next two or three weeks is going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I will say on that front, and we can talk about it as we get to the Cowboys, but, like, there's going to be one team from the NFC East. I think we all agree on that. <laughs> God, can you um, there will maybe. probably just be one team from the NFC North making the playoffs. Yeah. So, and it doesn't really look like the NFC South is as tough as we really thought it was. Four teams from the NFC West is still back on the table, I think. Everyone's 500 or better. Yep. All right, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. They lost to the Browns 49-38. to 38. Obviously, the over hit, it was 56. That wasn't quite high enough. It was the first half. Yeah, it was, it was a cakewalk. Uh, no, that's not right. It was 31 to, what was the score? 31-14? 31-14 in the oh, first okay. half. Yeah, the Browns were beating that tail, beating that bottom, as we might say around here. The Browns plus three and a half obviously covered. I said on this podcast that they would win, and they did. Uh, top fantasy performers, Dak Prescott, 41 points, followed by Odell Beckham with 33 points. And Kareem Hunt and CeeDee Lamb each had 19 points, according to CBS Sports Fantasy. So, uh, notable here, Nick Chubb suffered a knee injury. Mm-hmm. It lo- he got rolled up on pretty bad. I think he was carted off. He they're doing an MRI. Apparently, they're optimistic. I saw Mary Kay Cabot of, the, of Cleveland uh, Cleveland Media or Cleveland.com tweet that out. But you can't be feeling good about it. Now, I would like to suggest <laughs> that in lieu of our typical behavior. In lieu of flowers. Go ahead. Right. I, I think we make this about the Browns. Let me give you one sad fact. And this actually has to do with the Browns because they generated turnovers in the first half. But the, the Cowboys come into this game. And you're still going to make it about the Cowboys. That's fine. No, but it, it'll come back to the Browns. I just want to get this fun fact out because I've been sitting on it all day. Coming into this game, the Cowboys are last in terms of allowing first half points at 21.7. And they blew that out of the water with 31. But again, that there was, um, that got strip sacked. On the very next series, Zeke fumbled. Um, I don't know if Zach, uh, Dak threw an interception. I can't remember. It's been so long since, since the game, but it, it, you, there was not a lot as to Baker and that's okay because you can lean on the running game. We know the razzle dazzle with the uh, Odell Beckham Jarvis Landry throw, which was nice. Uh, Odell Beckham played one of his best games for the Browns. I think he had 80 something yards. One of his best games by far and away his best game is. Yeah. I don't want to like, has he had over a hundred yard game for the Browns? Uh, I, I think so, but I'm not entirely sure. That was, he's the fourth player, uh, on the Browns since they joined the NFL in 1950 with two receiving touchdowns and a rush touchdown in the same, in the game. And the first since Eric Metcalf in 92, third time in Beckham's career that he scored three touchdowns in a game. Uh, the Browns, by the way, three and one for the first time since 2001. They finished seven and nine that season. Uh, and they have scored 30 points in three straight games, their longest streak since 1968. Mm. Woo. They scored 31 points in the first half. They're most in the first half since 1991 against the Colts when Bill Belichick was in his first year as head coach. That is the third, uh, 100, to answer your question, third 100 yard receiving game for Odell yeah. Beckham with the Browns. I mean, did you see the Stefanski note? Cause that's actually, that's a fun fact unless you're the object of that note. Kevin Stefanski has as many wins, three in his first four games as Hugh Jackson had in 40 games, 4-0. <laughs> yeah, CBS Kevin Stefanski also has as many October wins 
as Hugh Jackson and Freddie Outhouse combined. <laughs> That's two coaches who coached <laughs> yes, for a long time. Does he have one? He has one, which he got today. <laughs> and they had one combined oh over the God. course of well, their three years. three years. That is pretty rough. Um, I, I would, I mean, look, I would say about the, okay, excuse me, it's hard not to make it about the Cowboys because the, the Cowboys. No, just talk about the Browns. No, don't talk about the Cowboys, Brenton. I, I am really, really impressed with what Kevin Stefanski is doing with this offense. He is, and I know that their three wins are against the, the Doesn't lowly matter. Jaguars, the lowly Bengals, and the defenseless, uh, Cowboys. Washington, not Jacksonville. Oh, well, I keep saying that. Why do I keep saying that? Yeah, Washington against Washington, who's not, that was the lowly way of not saying the R word. The lowly Washington football team, the lowly Bengals and the lowly and the defenseless Cowboys. But like they are Baker Mayfield looks competent again. He looks like his old self. Odell Beckham is involved in these games. Beckham should have had two touchdowns against the Bengals on that Thursday night game. Uh, both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt have been awesome. The offensive line is substantially better. It feels like Kevin Stefanski knows what he's doing. Yeah. Imagine that. Maybe I'll well, oh, go ahead. Breach. Oh, I was just going to say that, look, the one thing the Browns never, ever, ever do is beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Yeah. And that's what they've done the past. Because expectations have always just been so low in Cleveland that you beat the Bengals. You celebrate just because you beat the Bengals, even though it didn't mean anything. And now they've won three in a row. And the Cowboys are the, the Browns, I thought, have had the most competent team. I don't know. I thought the Cowboys and the Browns are probably about even in talent. But Cleveland just outcoached them. They just did everything smarter, and they won how they're going to need to win going forward. Like, they ran the ball and let Baker Mayfield kind of be the second option. And he can, you know, if he's making throws, their offense is unstoppable when they're, they ran for over 300 yards. We haven't seen a team rush, any team in the NFL rush for more than 300 yards in two years. So the fact that they were able to do that when they lost Nick Chubb in the first half just kind of blew my mind. So this is definitely a Cleveland team. Uh, that I think is probably going to finish over 500. I mean, this offense feels like it fits Baker perfectly. And if, if it's running in all cylinders like Stefanski wants it to, I'm actually taking Baker over Kirby Cousins in this offense because I feel like Baker absolutely. has more upside. I don't think that's too crazy to say. Oh, I, I, I think absolutely. Okay. I, I might take Jarvis Landry over Kirby Cousins the way he's been playing. Uh, Landry, by the way, was one for one with 37 yard touchdown pass to OBJ. So that kind of hurts Baker's stats too. I mean, I, you know, I mean, like you do, you know, you lose a half a field of off potential offense against the Cowboys defense. And so mm. Baker maybe has better stats with that. Um, Baker 19 to 30, 165 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, OBJ 81 yards receiving two touchdowns and also ran 73 yards total. Uh, and by the way, that, that run in the end, that was the cherry on top of the turd sandwich that got dealt to the Cowboys. De- that Cowboys defense ought to be ashamed of itself for the way they played. They got absolutely steamrolled. Time and time again. And I know people want to dunk all over Dak. I think three straight games of at least 450 passing yards, which we get it. You guys suck so bad in the first half. He's got to throw the ball all the time in the second half. But him throwing interceptions to turn the ball over isn't why that team loses because they can literally stop no one. He, Dak is the first player in NFL history with three straight games of 450 plus yards, as you note. Do you know what he's on pace to throw for in terms of yardage this year? 40 million yards. <laughs> No, that's not enough. More. <laughs> 67 million yards. No, 6,700 yards. He's on base with over 6,700 yards. And it would be crazy to suggest that that is sustainable, except the Cowboys are so bad on defense that he might have to do it. Remember they the fall. Cowboys, the, so the Cowboys got down in this game 41 to 14. They were getting 
absolutely woodshedded by the Browns. We're down 31-14 at half. The Browns score the next 10 points. Mm. And I also think that says something like, if the Cowboys have been playing decent up until that point, Cleveland might have put a, I, I think Cleveland, I think Cleveland's stats were suppressed because of that. You know what I mean? Like they, you're at 41-14, you're sort of taking your foot off the gas a little yeah. bit. I'm going to say one thing quick about the Cowboys, not about any of their players. I thought Mike McCarthy made a horrible decision to kick the onside kick. Dallas scored a touchdown. They cut the lead to 41-38. And at that point, they had stopped the Browns two times in a row for the first time all game. So your defense showing a little momentum, showing a little bit of confidence. And when Dallas scored, there was 342 left in the game. The Cowboys had one timeout. They had a two-minute warning. So even if the Browns got a first down on the falling drive on a full kickoff, you still, they still can't run out the clock and you only need a field goal. So there's no reason to kick an onside kick in that situation. I thought that was just a whole, like, again, we've been saying what Mike McCarthy's doing. You, can't, you don't, you don't recover onsides unless you're playing Dan Quinn's team. Well, I think he got a little too cocky because of what happened against the Falcons. Oh, we'll use the watermelon kick again and have it go flat. But the thing is, like, Brits, I think you nailed it a couple weeks ago. Or Ryan, whoever said it, that Mike McCarthy's literally just doing the opposite of what he thinks Jason Garrett would do. Because there was no reason to kick an onside kick there. And he did. And that lost them the game. Like, that doesn't mean they would have won. It just means that they would have had a better chance of winning if they didn't do it. I don't think, I don't think the Browns call that reverse to to Beckham. From their own right. If they're, yeah, exactly. It's a risk because if you lose 10 yards, you're backed up at your own 10 yard line all of a sudden. Yeah. Right. You're not calling that play. You don't call that play. And you don't call that. Play. Yeah. I mean, that feels like a play you call when they try the onsides and don't get it. And you have some, cause like you're like, all right, look, worst case scenario, we lose 10 yards here, run the ball twice more and we punt to the, and you know, we just try to stop them. Is anyone saying, okay, Mike McCarthy, this isn't your fault. You're putting up astronomical numbers on offense. This is all, all on Mike Nolan. Or are we saying, oh. Like, Right. They were down 41 14. They were Mike getting Nolan's blown out by the Falcons. Like, well, they, Mike the Cowboys, the coordinator. They should be, they should be 0 4. The Cowboys should be 0 4. But I'm saying, if Mike Nolan had whatever the reason is the defense is working, it's not, Mike McCarthy's not a defensive guy. Uh, well, I mean, I would say, okay, I would say this about the Cowboys. One, their, their defense just is, is bad. Like, we knew it coming into the season that it was not going to be good. They don't have the personnel to be very good. Two, you have this offense that can do whatever it wants. Why isn't it doing it before garbage time? That's that's the question that Mike McCarthy needs to answer. Well, and that begs the question, can it do whatever it wants, or do we just think that? Because anybody can, and I'm not putting this on Dak at all, anybody, but anybody, if you have Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, um, Michael Gallup, and Dalton Schultz, who's a replacement for Blake Jarwin, and Dalton Schultz apparently is awesome, and Zeke Elliott, Anybody can rack up garbage time points against a team that's playing prevent defense. Like that's. I not would argue hard. that Andy Dalton could not. But go ahead. Okay, that seems unfair. But okay. Why um, would you even bring that up, Ryan? <laughs> drive by shooting. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there it is. That's all I wanted. <laughs> the um, I, I just, I don't. I think we're like, oh man, like the Cowboys are putting up crazy numbers. But t- two of the games that they put up crazy numbers have been in. Total garbage time. I mean, they haven't been like, th- like this. Like this game is not an impressive victory to me. No, uh, no it is. It's, right, impressive it's not impressive. Obviously, they lost. I mean, it's not an impressive like showing. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you this, and I know my answer, but that's why I'm asking the question. Who's the best team in the NFC East right now? Um, I think the most talented team is the Cowboys. No, but, but I think coaching 
when you add that element, I don't know that it's the Cowboys. Well, who, I'm asking you who, not who it All is. Right, so they put up 17 points against the Rams in week one at, at LA. Well, here, here, here's a big problem the Cowboys have had, and they had it in this game. And this isn't a defensive thing necessarily because their defense isn't good, obviously, but they've been put in a lot of bad spots. Cowboys lost two fumbles that gave the Browns basically yeah. two free touchdowns. And back you look at plays. this season, the Cowboys have given up 45 points to their opponents off of turnovers, which is the most in the NFL. Just think about it. their opponents are getting 45 free points from turnovers. That is an insanely high number, <laughs> especially when you consider that Dallas has given up, uh, what, 146 on the season. So they've had, uh, one third, 33% of their points have because, because the offense messed up and the defense got put in a bad position. So it's a little tricky to do this because it is, we're talking about something after I'm, I'm looking at football outsiders and, uh, and the, the metrics for DVOA and it hasn't adjusted for opponent yet. Right. So it's just still VOA, but the whole point of DVOA for who's the coach that got mad at or who the some beat writer for the Packers. Uh, Oh yeah. I don't remember saying uh, Rob, Rob Demosky. I, I like Rob. He's a good guy. But anyway, the, like the whole point of DVOA and VOA and advanced analytics that football outsiders does is that you are, trying to take the content like Dak Prescott had a monster game today, but most of his stats are irrelevant. Yeah. Like if anybody can, again, anybody can pile up points trailing 41 to 14 coming into this game, the Cowboys were the 14th overall team and 12th in DVOA on offense. Like they haven't been a good offense. They've just been like, they were trailing huge to the, the Falcons. They were trailing. They were trailing most of the game to the Seahawks uh, by like 10 points. Plus they were trailing the entire time to the Browns. They're just, they're a great fantasy offense. They're lobbing up points in garbage time. That's right. I'll ask you, who was the best team in the division? Neither one of you buttholes answer the question. I said the Cowboys, Ryan. I don't uh, pass. The Eagles. That's the answer. The Eagles Eagles, are the best team. It's not the Eagles. Sorry, Debo. That's like saying the Bengals are the best team in the AFC North. So when the Cowboys and Eagles play in a couple of weeks, you're going to pick the Eagles to win? Yeah. What have the Cowboys done? The Cowboys, as you just said, they should be 0-4. The Eagles just went into San Francisco and won a football game that no one thought they were going to win, except for Dubin. <laughs> Against a team with nine injuries. Start nine starters out. Like, that's a nice one. I'm not impressed. Breach loves the, the terrible 1-2-1 one, one team, but hates the good one. <laughs> Got it. The Eagles, I do think, have a, a fairly legitimate defense. In a year, like Brenton said, all defenses have been bad to pretty bad. I think the Eagles defense is, is very legit and I think that's what separates, you know, there's tons and tons of flaws on offense. I would not see that game being 40 to 38 when the Eagles and Cowboys play. I think the Eagles can win a game. How many points did the Eagles score against the Cowboys defense? It's 40 to three. That's my prediction of that game. <laughs> is, is Travis Fulgham still starting? Is that halftime score, Ryan? <laughs> and then the Cowboys get. Right. Then it's 40 to 31 look. in the third quarter. Yeah, exactly. All right. We're spending too much time on this game. An extra five we minutes. Knew that, we knew that would happen. Yeah. I'm tracking, I'm tracking it. We're doing it by laps. Stopwatch. Baby. All right. What's next? Chargers, Buck, uh, nearest Tom Brady became the oldest player in professional football history to throw for five touchdowns in a single game. Touchdown, Tom, Tommy touchdown. Is that what we're calling him? What do we want to call him? Sure. He was, he was great. The Buccaneers. We've had win. 20 years to come up with a nickname. You haven't come up with one yet? The Lava? What was his name on Pro Football Reference? <laughs> Tommy. Have you not, have you not seen that? There's like a whole. Tommy. Like, Tom no, I haven't. I call him Greg Brady. <laughs> I call him, uh, call him I call Bobby. Bobby. Weird. Tom Brady, Tom Brady's nicknames on PFR. 
TB12, Tom Terrific, Touchdown Tom, Goat, The Pharaoh, Comeback Kid, or Sir? Well, you said something else, didn't you? I, I was just muting stuff. I don't know. Okay. Um, All right, don't get distracted. Stay focused. Sorry. 38-31, Buccaneers beat the Chargers. Tom Brady, 30-46, 369 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Ronald Jones, 20 carries, 111 yards. Mike Evans went bananas as well. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. That's right. Seven catches, 122 yards. Scotty Miller, five catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. O.J. Howard also scored a touchdown. Likely lost for the season, according to Bruce Arians. Uh, but as good as Tom Brady was, and he was awesome, may have been overshadowed by the fact that his defense got completely shredded mm. by rookie Justin Herbert. Yeah. One thing about the Tom Brady, five touchdowns to five different receivers. First time in Tom Brady's career he's ever done that. That's so right. that's that's pretty fancy. But you're right. I do not know what got into Justin Herbert because every single person, including you, Brinson, because I know you have to yell at Prisco about this, had very low expectations for Justin Herbert as a rookie just based on the way he played at Oregon last year. I mean, physically, he can do everything. He looks like Trevor Lawrence in terms of arm strength and height, speed, weight, all the other stuff. It's better than Trevor Lawrence. I just mean, like, if you saw him walking, if you saw him walking next to me. No, like in, like, in physical. Oh, I see. Yeah. He's jacked. He's huge. So I said, okay. He has to start uh, on a second's notice because the doctor stabbed stabbed Tyrod in, in the lungs, and it went as well as it could have gone against the Chiefs. He played well last week. He played even better this week, and he is dealing. And there's no way that Tyrod should get that job back based on the way that Justin's played. And it's incredibly unfair to Tyrod. I don't know why he keeps getting the short end of the stick. But Justin Herbert is balling, and he is playing so well and it, it's good to see i mean it just goes to show you you can say all you want in april may and june um and when the season rolls around these guys can can shove it in your face and dunk on you kevin harlan style i will say real quick uh, <laughs> that was for justin that's right i yeah, thought herbert, I, okay. I, I agree with everything ryan said that herbert did play well but a lot of it watching that game seemed like the buccaneers defensive strategy was we're going to completely shut down the Chargers run and make this dumb rookie beat us. Like, cause that, that's how Bruce Arians thinks. There's no way this rookie quarterback is going to beat my defense and my offense. And that's what they did. And Justin Herbert, you know, he took advantage of what the Buccaneers threw at him. So props to him for being able to do that because there are a lot of rookie quarterbacks who could not do that. But I think, you know, we're going to see teams mix it up. I mean, the Chargers only averaged two yards per rush. I got absolutely shut down. Herbert had to carry them. And then after the first half, I mean, they kind of, the Chargers offense just disappeared. The whole entire second half, they basically had one play, the 75-yard touchdown pass, and they literally did nothing else. So, you know, like he did well, and he did, I think, a lot better than any of us would have thought because he is a rookie quarterback on the road, uh, you know, going against Tom Brady's on the other side of the field. So, Ryan, I do agree with you that he played well, but I don't know that this, you know, like this doesn't say, Hey, this guy's automatically be a superstar, but I think he's a lot better than any of us thought he was going to be. But he's had three really overachieving games in a row. So if it, if it was just that one game after the chiefs, like, Oh, this is interesting. And Let's how many of those have, have the chargers won? Fair enough. I mean, you can make that argument about hmm. Joe Burrow until today, but Jeff Darlington of ESPN, Bruce Arians told, I uh, said he told, uh, Chargers coach Anthony Lynn after the game that he has a quote, great one in Justin Herbert quote for a rookie to make plays like that. You know, they're special. I do. I do think there's something to Breach's point though. And I'm assuming Justin, you know, Anthony Lynn didn't remind Bruce Arians of this, but like they Todd Bowles maybe got out coached here, right? Like they stacked the line and the bucks. I mean, the, the bucks, the, the bolts ran a bunch of vertical shots and Justin Herbert connected on them. 
and they were they weren't easy throws. Yeah, I mean he you know he but they they took a couple of shot plays early on. They had the one to uh, Johnson for fifty three yards, and he also so, had one to Guyton for seventy two yards in the third quarter. Had a back but, shoulder touchdown to Parnham, the tight end. Yep. Um, and, and, and by the way, Johnson, Parnham, and Guyton. No one knows who those people are outside their families. So well, I'm I mean, not trying to take. I mean, I got, I got nothing. I'm not dogging Justin Herbert here. I mean, I, I know. Twenty to twenty five for two hundred ninety yards, three touchdowns and a pick. And the pick was when they were trailing. By, I just, I wonder how, how he would have looked if they'd been losing the whole game. Look, man, he's he's been in a lot of different situations in three games, and he has not just he had the one terrible interception uh, late in the first half, I think it was against the Chiefs or early in the third quarter. That that was terrible. Other than that. You're like, okay, this guy doesn't look to be the same guy we saw last year with the ups and downs in the studio. I need to go do it. You know what? I need to, I'm going to do that on Monday morning. I'm going to go watch Justin Herbert's last two or three games. And I need to make another, cause, cause I watch, I, <laughs> Frisco and I thought about this. Princeton, you draft. barely have time to make your kid breakfast. You're going to watch two or three <laughs> games on Monday morning. No breakfast or Robbie. <laughs> yeah, sorry, no breakfast. No, I'm just, I want to, I, I need to look at it with my, I need to, Get a full deep dive into Justin Herbert and what we're seeing because I, I do wonder what Ryan's saying. Are we, is he just, is he that dramatically different? Was the coaching in Oregon that bad? No, it wasn't the coaching in Oregon. You could argue that the office in Oregon didn't fit what Justin Herbert would do best. But even if you watch Hard Knocks, he was struggling according to the way they edited it at training camp. So I would imagine folks are surprised because, you know, uh, Anthony Lynn has said as recently as last week that Tyrod Taylor will get the job when he comes back. I don't know if he's going to continue to say that. Maybe he will. I wouldn't. No, he cannot. You cannot get Tyrod Taylor the job back. What, that no, would be worse than giving Nate Peterman the start. Yeah. Do you agree with, Brady, yeah, I think you, you have to keep, I, like, I know Anthony Lynn has that sentimental, you don't want to bench a guy because he had his lung punctured by the team doctor. Yeah. I get that. You know, we've all been there, but. <laughs> We've seen how Justin Herbert's playing. You cannot bench him at this point because I do agree with Ryan. That I, yes, they have lost all three games, but he is getting better. He seems to have more understanding, and he diced up the Buccaneers for a half. So you just let him keep playing because he keeps getting better. And you know, and by the end of the season, he could be a superstar. He could end up being the best quarterback in this draft class, and that's coming from Mr. Bengals Homer. He ain't going to be that good. Hey, 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 true. By the way, like, for his you, goodness- you drafted him sixth overall. You you ha- you owe it to. He clearly can hang. More like he, than hang. Right. But I'm saying like you owe it to yourself to get, to let, to see what he can do. For Tom Telesco, this is the best case scenario. Absolutely. Because this could have blown up. I mean, I'm sure there were some conversations about, well, should we take him a six or not or whatever? Boom. Roasted. You did it. So, I mean, you're, if, if Tyron Taylor gets stabbed in the lung with a painkiller needle and Herbert comes in and looks terrible, you're sweating hard. But if Herbert comes in and looks great, you're, you're all of a sudden, you're feeling a lot. I mean, like you're feeling, you're feeling great about it. Um, okay. So did you feel any, be- are the Bucks the best team in the NFC South and are they the best team by a long shot? Yes. And yes. And one thing I will say, and then Breach can talk about this, uh, for as great as Tom Brady was, he had a terrible, terrible pick six and he's had pick sixes in four of the last six games. Yeah. So just something to keep in mind. I mean, he did play well, but, um, I don't know what happened to the Chargers defense. I mean, they're typically better than that, but. Just something to keep an eyeball on. Yeah, I do think the Bucks are the best team in the division. I don't know if it's by far, because obviously we saw him lose to the Saints, and then Drew Brees just fell off a cliff somewhere with his right arm because he struggled so much, and we'll talk about his game in a second. 
But I, I thought that once Tom Brady got comfortable in this offense, I didn't think, you know, I think we all picked against the Buccaneers in week one because there was that, is Brady going to be comfortable in this offense yet? And he didn't look like he was. He's still throwing pick sixes, so he's still not completely comfortable there. And they haven't had a game really, you know, like they didn't have Chris Godwin today. So they've been missing a few of their weapons each week. But I do think a fully healthy Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is the best team in this division. Tom Brady attempted how many, how many passes, 15 yards or more, according to next gen stats. Do you think that Tom Brady attempted uh, in this game? Five. 11. 14. Oh, okay. Yeah. So including three touchdown passes. Uh, and he went eight of 14 on those plays. That is a, that is not Tom Brady from New England. Also something they're playing on Thursday night worth watching. See how Mike Evans' ankle works out because he got that thing jacked up. He had to come out for a couple of plays, came back in and played well, but no Chris Godwin. Scotty Miller has a groin injury, he said, and, and, you know, OJ Howard is out for the year. OJ Howard's done. And then Mike Evans. Um, and let me see. I'm going to try. No Leonard Fournette on Sunday. I don't know if he'll be back. Yeah. Although I will say that, um, the, uh, that, oh, by the way, Tom Brady final 20 throws against the Buccaneers against the uh, Chargers. Against the Chargers. I can't do anything right today. Remember, uh, he attempted a total of 46. But his final 20 throws, Albert Breer, good job charting it by him. 18 of 20, 269 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, 158.3 passer rating. So they, they kind of got, I think they, both teams want to turn it into a slog. And the, the, the Bucks got down and were like, all right, let's let it, like, you almost wonder if, if this is the Bucks new offense. If Brady's comfortable and he, and he can throw a little, and he can throw, start throwing deep, watch out. Were the concerns that he couldn't throw deep? This is some Drew Brees are talking about. Everybody said what he's like, oh, Brady can't work in an Arians offense. He can't throw deep. He's never thrown deep. He's and there's deep always that dunker. fear that you start losing arm strength. So if he wasn't great at throwing deep, all of a sudden you think he might lose a little bit of arm strength. It's not a good combo, but he looks okay oh. right now. Yeah. Certainly the Saints, not a team that were throwing deep, but it didn't matter as they won another game on Sunday. Defeat, or they actually bounced back very nicely against after a loss against the Packers. Beating the Lions, oh, 35-29. Saints minus three covers. The over 54 hits. A bunch of overs hit in these early games. Matt Stafford, top fantasy performer, 26 points. Latavius Murray and Drew Brees, 19 fantasy points. Um, so why the Lions have now blown, I believe, uh, what is the line you had, Breach? The line is that their last six the fun losses, fact. fun fact, and the line's six, last six losses, they've won a double digit lead in all six of them, which is an NFL record. I mean, that's almost impossible. To, it is impossible to do because no one's ever done it before. This is the first time anyone's ever done it. They broke their own record, which had been five games, which the Lions set in their last loss. That's where I we are with a, the Lions. I have an addendum to that fun fact. Patricia has lost 12 of his last 13 games, despite leading all but one of them. He now has the third worst winning percentage in line history behind, behind uh, Morningwig and then Marinelli, who went winless in 2008. Uh, oh and the rest of the, the tweet from the from Kyle Menke, who, who writes for MLife.com, the rest of the, t- the tweet reads, and now he faces an uncertain future. Yeah, I mean, you they were up 14 nothing in the first quarter. I think you said that the the Saints beat the Lions. I think from now on we should say the Lions beat the Lions and the Saints were there to spectate for the first row seat because <laughs> fourteen nothing and then they scored thirty five straight points before the Lions got their head out of their butt. the Packers. Does he, yeah. does he just prepare really? I mean, like they were. I thought they were about to rout the Saints today. I said they the same thing. Breeze. 
And and Rob, the producer, said it'll be 24-14 at halftime. It was 31-14 or 35, whatever it was at halftime. Was it 34? Was it 34? It was 28-14 at halftime. And so, they were up 23-6 on the Bears. Yeah, I mean, they just blow big leads. It's Well, Patricia was asked about it after the game, and he goes, well, the, the way we're losing basically is what he said. We're doing it in different ways, even though it may look upon first glance that we're just blowing leads, but there are different ways that we are losing. I'm just trying to these guys, but what's that breach? You know who wouldn't blow these leads? Oh my good man, Jim Caldwell, nine seven back to back years he got fired. Jim Caldwell. So it's the, unbelievable. Quite so they were up fourteen nothing. And then the Saints did march down and did a you know seven minute and fifteen Second, 13 play, 75 yard drive for a touchdown. Say, like, all right, you know, like you're the Saints, Drew Brees, Sean Payton, it happens. Uh, then they get the ball back to New Orleans on, 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 uh, pretty quickly, I think, to start the second quarter. And they do a 10 play, 80 yard, five minute, 42 second drive, 14 all, nine play, 80 yard drive, five minutes, 26 seconds, 21 14. And then they somehow allowed the, the Saints to get the ball back. Uh, with 50 seconds or one minute left and to go down and score another touchdown to go up 28 14 before the half. And then I believe on the opening possession of the third quarter, the Saints took a 35 14 lead and sort of it. Well, you did leave one part out where the Saints tied it up at 14 and the Lions got like their only shot at scoring during the Saints five touchdown, uh, on oh, Stafford threw that awful pick. The Lions drove down to the Saints 11 yard line. And I'm thinking, cause you know, you guys were thinking 14 nothing. The Lions could blow this out. They look so good. And in my head on this drive, I'm thinking, well, if they score here, they've got it back. You know, you're back in the lead. It's not a big deal. You blew this 14. That's not all you're going to be thinking out because you're blowing leads all the time. And Stafford literally threw just a horrible, horrible interception. And that's when I was like, all right, I can turn this game off because there is a 0% chance the Lions are winning. Yeah. If you're looking for a moral victory, uh, DeAndre Swift caught a touchdown pass. He didn't do that week one. They lost. But he did one uh, early in the game, and uh, they still lost. It's tough, man. It's tough. It's tough sledding. Yeah. Can you imagine right, being let's... a Lions fan? No. I cannot. So they have lost by, in these last, by the way, these last games, the six games, lost by six, where they had a double-digit lead. Six, 21, four, three, 10, and four. Not good. Imagine having a double-digit lead and losing by 21. That is tough. It happened last week. Patricia doesn't have to imagine it. Two weeks ago. <laughs> um, well, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll tell you Derek Carr can save the Raiders from a lost season. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I don't really know why I teased Derek Carr. Uh, fine on Sunday. Bills beat the Raiders 30-23. to 
The Bills minus three covers pretty easily, and the total will push at 53, depending on when you got it. Josh Allen, the top fantasy performer in this game with 29 points, and Derek Carr next up on CBS Sports Platforms with 24. Uh, Josh Allen scored a rushing touchdown, scored two passing touchdowns, 24 of 34, another great game for him, 288 yards, tying a Bills franchise record with 13 career games with a rush TD and a pass TD. The Bills have won every game when Allen has rushed for a TD and thrown for a TD, 13 and 0. Suck it, Josh Allen haters. So this, that's where sort of where I'm at on Herbert too. Is like I, like I, I don't. The Allen thing is weird. We sort of make What's fun weird? of the fact. Well, in the sense that, like, I think some people, I think it's over exaggerated how many people like rip the Bills for drafting Josh Allen. Yeah, it probably has taken on a life of its own. I mean, I feel like everyone did, though. It's pretty universal. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a fine line between ripping them and going, well, he played at Wyoming. He completed 50 something percent of his passes. There's no real history of this going to be, of this working out. Right. And, and he's turned it around. And I think, Brenton, you're, you're right. Josh Herbert, uh, Justin Herbert's a microcosm of that. Josh well, it's like you, but you have to be, you have to be, when you, when you work in this business, you have to be willing to, I mean, not be like, I was wrong, I suck, but to like adjust your perception of something. And yeah. Josh Allen has changed as a player. He's much better. Absolutely. And you can credit Sean McDermott. You can credit Brian Dable. You can credit Josh Allen, whoever. It's working out. And as the numbers you read off, this team would not be anywhere close to where they are if they were starting Matt Barkley or who was the quarterback for Josh Allen. I didn't know who it was. Tyrod. Yeah. Nate Peterman. <laughs> I mean, come on. DJ Manuel. Yeah, come on. Uh, by the way, Stephon Diggs, six catches, 115 yards. He now has 403 yards in his first four games of the season. Leads the NFL, I believe. And it's the most by a Bills wide receiver in four games since Eric Molds in nice. 2002. Number 81. I think he's 81. You know, Brent, I'm glad you did tease this with Derek Carr, though, because this is the classic Derek Carr game that I think it's important we talk about for all the talking. Reese, did you just find a tweet, a complimentary tweet for me about Josh Allen? Well, usually I make fun of you with the old tweets I dig up, but you'll probably want to retweet that. You kind of call it in the preseason. But let me, let me just say about Derek Carr real quick. If you were just scanning the box score and you saw that he threw for 311 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, you're thinking, man, that was a great game. How did the Raiders not win this? And so then you watch the whole game and you see he's making mistakes. He lost a, a big fumble, or I guess it got it ended up punting. Uh, it was just the offense. No, that should have been a fumble. That's it, right. No, it should have been a fumble, but they ended up punting on the play. But it did, that cost him. You know, like the, he didn't do anything. That ended up uh, killing a drive that the Raiders need to have late in the game. And and the final score here probably should have been thirty sixteen, but the Raiders got a garbage time touchdown uh, where Carr kind of padded his stats. And this was just. The Raiders' offense was just a total disaster in the second half. You know, they, they lost two fumbles. They yeah, Carr lost another fumble. So the first one you talked about, they end up getting the the whatever. What's it called when you quit going forward? The four progress. The, yeah, four progress was right. called that. So he that wasn't supposed to be punted. But then he fumbled later, and then Darren Waller fumbled too. Yeah, and then he fumbled with another six minutes left to play, and so it was just he didn't have a great game. And so, you know, when so we're looking at he took two big sacks, he never takes sacks, quote unquote. He's taking sacks the worst possible time. Yeah. And at the end of the year, you know, you look at someone's stats, you're not looking at their individual games. You're like, oh, well, Derek Carr, uh, he put up all these solid numbers, but he's doing this and they're not winning. 
And this is kind of indicative of kind of what his career has been like with the Raiders. So, you know, I don't know what the fix is here. The Bills are a good team. There's no shame in losing to them. But, you know, the Raiders, this was a team that's 2-0, and and now uh, they're they're collapsing pretty quickly. To your point, Breach, Carr is now the all-time passing leader uh, in Raiders franchise history, with a passing touchdown leader, excuse me, with 151. You could give me a 1,000 guesses. I would never get – I mean, Jim Plunkett, uh, Kenny Stabler, uh, Daryl LaMonica. Nope, Derek Carr leads – Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell. Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. Uh, Jason Campbell. Nope, Derek Carr. <laughs> Yeah, I will say that he's probably been, I mean, like Stabler and those guys back in the day. I would have guessed Rich Gannon, actually, but Rich Gannon. I mean, I mean that's not the MVP who, a coworker who's the MVP for, the, for, uh, Gruden, uh, or for Bill Callahan. But yeah, I, I would say that like Derek Carr's, you know, plays in a modern offense and has been there since, was he drafted in 2013? Sounds right. Derek Carr? Yeah. In 2014. 14 with Bortles because he's the same year as Bortles. All right. Yep. Um, the, the Raiders, John Gruden is a really good play caller. The Raiders defense is terrible. Carr doesn't like to challenge down the field unless he has a free play. <laughs> Darren Waller has to make every play possible for them to be good on offense without Henry Ruggs there. And if you bottle up Josh Jacobs, you can easily get them down and force them, make them one dimensional and it becomes a problem. And there are a few things I would imagine more frustrating for John Gruden than in crunch time, like second half, fourth quarter, to see Derek Carr come back to the sideline after taking a stupid sack or having a stupid fumble because he didn't get rid of the ball and just having that look on his face like, I don't know, what do you want me to tell you? There's some, oh. uh, there's some quote out here from Derek Carr that I'm going to try and find real quick. I hate Will Brinson. That's why I blocked him on Twitter. <laughs> Carr has thrown, has not thrown an interception in 311 consecutive pass attempts by far the longest active streak in the NFL. Carr's second streak of 300-plus pass attempts, most since 1991, and the fifth longest streak in NFL history, which should tell you all you need to know about Derek Carr. Doesn't take any chances. That's why he's not throwing picks. I think he said, like, I'm sick of the BS or something like that. They're 2-2. and They should probably have at least one more win. And, I mean. Ryan, they're 2-2. and Let me ask you, when do they get their next win? Their next three games are Chiefs, Buccaneers, Browns. Yeah. Look at who they play after that. Chargers. Maybe the Chargers. And then the Broncos. Yeah, they'll be the Broncos. <laughs> All right. Via, per, uh, via Paul Gutierrez of ESPN, he said, I'm sick of losing. I'm sick of working as hard as I do and as we do and going out there and losing. I mean, it sucks. Enough is enough. The things that are hurting us in these close games is not them. It's us. That's the hard part to swallow. So that – Offends me as I listen to it, but you're reading it. Read it like in a nice way. Maybe I'll feel better about it. I'm so sick of losing. Yeah, see it now. That's the. I'm sick of working as hard as I do and as we do and going out there and losing. I mean, it sucks. Enough is enough. The things that are hurting us in these close games is not them. It's us. That's the hard part to swallow. That's a that's a pep talk at a uh, at an insurance seminar. That feels a little better. Our family's going to unblock you on Twitter just so they can reblock you for that impression. <laughs> he also said, Good "Me Lord. being here, my seventh year, I've just seen too much crap. <laughs> I've seen a whole bunch of crap. I'm just being honest with you. Is what it going to take my mean? positivity and my joy away? Absolutely not. I'm going to be me regardless. But is it okay for me to be a little hot, a little pissed sometimes? Yeah, and this is one of those moments." Using the uh, Philip Rivers language. Golly. 
Uh, D, we we're supposed to have audio of, of Philip Rivers taunting, um, Roquan Smith, but Debo blew it. Taunting. He threw an interception at Roquan Smith. I don't want to spoil it. It was called oh, back. What you Trash talk Philip Rivers. Get out of here. Oh, wait. The Colts, oh no, Seahawks Dolphins is next. Uh, you know, we'll move to the Colts and Bears instead. Colts 19, Bears 11, since we're talking about it. Straight Dang. up doo doo game. Dangerously close, Bears fans, to being the exact score that I predicted. I said 24 to 3, and it was 19 to 3 late in the game. I was, I had screen caps ready to go. Like, come on, be to like find your way to 26 and beat them 26 to 3 or something like that. Uh, this is a bludgeoning. It wasn't, I mean, like this could have been, if the Colts, if the Colts had played well in the red zone, this game is like 37 to 3. Let me, um, never close. Yeah, that's right. And Nick Foles, here's the thing that we don't talk about. I don't think, I don't know if you talked about it at all on this podcast, but, um, football outsiders, the Colts defense is the best defense in the league right now. Colts defense is very good. And they're sort of under the radar good because we talk about Phillip Rivers and the offense and all that. But that's a big issue for Nick Foles. That said, uh, the Bears defense ain't bad either. And I mean, Khalil Mack dropped an interception that hit him right in the hands. Uh, there was the interception. Roquan Smith had the overturned it, so he got lucky there. And this I think is not a dog. The Colts. No, I home. know, but I, I just dog at Philip Rivers. I was thinking to my point. So in terms of the geriatric quarterbacks, Brady, Rivers, Big Ben, um, Drew Brees. How are you ranking those guys in terms of the way they played through three games? Mm, that's a good question. The Brady, Brady is, is top. One. Yeah, yeah, Brady's number one. Number two is where he gets interested. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really watched. Been that much? He looks exactly like he he's did. last. Oh no, he's just. I think Breeze is clearly last. Yeah, Breeze is last. So it's just a matter of Philip or. Well, I just think that I don't think Phil's but Rivers. I I would take Rivers too personally. I think Rivers looks. I think Rivers looks fine. They're he not asking like, him to do much, right? If but, I had to pick, see, I just and I agree with that. But if I had to pick these four quarterbacks for one game to play in like week eight. I think Breeze would be my number two only because I Ugh. thought he looked decent in week one. I thought he looked good in week four. And the only two games where he didn't look good, he didn't have Michael Thomas. And if you take the best weapon away from any quarterback, you know, they're going to struggle. And so I, I, I would put Breeze at number two. Number four. I would slap you in the face. I can't reach you, though. So Rivers was 16 to 29 for 190 yards, one touchdown, and, and no picks. And I agree. The Bears defense is not that bad. Like it's, 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 it's somewhat problematic. Their offense just is nothing Mm-mm. whatsoever. Um, the, the Jonathan, the Bears had actually been run on the first three weeks, like kind of sneakily. Jonathan Taylor didn't do a whole lot. Right. The Colts, the Colts are not interested in trying to get involved in shootouts. Yeah. It sort of reminds me the way they play is sort of what Tomlin says, uh, style points don't count. Bitters out there beating you in the head and, and going home with a win. That's the overs hit unless you're playing the Colts. Yeah. I mean, the Bears first three drives were 12, 15, and 14 yards. Punt, punt, punt. They went 84 yards and got a field goal, punted, and then that was the end of the first half. Punt, 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 interception, and touchdown. Like they were never a threat in this game. Um, the, you know, Nick Foles' record. Um, the, the Colts, by the way, 21, 30, 44, and 30. That's how long the four field goals. That Rodrigo Blankenship kicks from the second quarter onward. Do you know um, Nick Foles' record as a starter after leaving the Eagles? Oh, you're taking out to that the, whatever that the crazy season. Oh, since he's left since he's left Philadelphia, what is he as a starter? How many games is it? 
Five. Huh? He's only started five games? Yeah. Oh and five? Oh and five. He's only served five games since he left Philly. Remember how terrible he was and he got hurt at Jacksonville? Oh yeah. I guess he was terrible. Yeah, I guess he was terrible. He's only served five games. That's the stat we kept saying on HQ today, so I hope it's true. That is wild, man. Debo, well, you're our Nick Foles historian. Yeah, I mean, he got hurt in week one last year versus the Chiefs. Gardner came in, and then Nick Foles replaced him about midway. But that was only four games started, plus the one today. That that sounds okay. right. Five sounds right to me. Thank you. Oh, so it's not counting. You're saying, okay, gotcha. gotcha. The second time was, he left the Eagles, that's what Ryan, not when he went to the, the Rams, the Rams, Chiefs, little hiatus for a couple of years. Right. Yeah. So, cause he went four and seven with St. Louis, one and oh with Kansas City, came back to Philadelphia for two years, and then oh, won a the Super Jags. Bowl in those two years. Yeah. Don't forget that part. Oh, sorry. He, not Carson Wentz, won the Super Bowl. I knew that. And one. then, um, now oh and one with the Bears. I mean, he there's didn't no way. Good. No, well, I was going to say, there's no way you bring back Mr. Trubisky, though. I mean, Nick Foles would have to play ten times worse than, than Nick Mullins before you would think Trubisky. I would feel like. Uh, See, I don't know I about that. I Mitch feel Trubisky like it, play again. well, I thought if you, there's no reason you can't play. This isn't like Justin Herbert's or Taylor when you spent a sixth round draft pick. This is where you trade it for a guy to maybe replace your starting quarterback. And if Nick Foles can't get anything going. We saw what kind of spark Foles gave the Bears when they benched Trubisky. Why not just flip it? It doesn't matter. You're the Bears offense. Like it Let me really ask doesn't you matter. Though. You're so bad that you just you put it. You plug and play the quarterback, oh, and you, you just oh, like, you know what? No, you know what Matt he needs to do. You name Mitchell Trubisky your full time starter again. Then you pull him every week after the first quarter. Or to have bring Nick Foles off the bench cold, and that's just how Foles operates. Like he's better off that way. So let me ask you this. So let's say that Nick Foles is a. 51 and that, um, Mr. Bisky is a 49 in terms of how good they are on a scale of one to 100. Um, is there any reason to, be, to bring in Mr. Bisky knowing that if he plays relatively well and he wins you 0.75 more games, you're going to have to pay him $25 million a year? Well, but Ryan Pace wants to pay him. Well, in that case, they shouldn't have benched him. Just put him back out there. I think that's the whole thing is Matt Nagy benched him mid game. If they don't win, I, I don't know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if Trubisky doesn't look great against the crappy Falcons, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know what you do. The whole, the whole problem is that you spent the offseason deciding that Nick Foles could save you. Now, it's also possible the Colts defense is good and Foles will look better next week. Let me ask you this. Do you think they would be better off with Cam Newton? <laughs> you think? Um, or, or Andy Dalton. Let me ask you this. Or Andy Dalton. The Bucks play the, the Bears play the Bucks. The battle of beats and black bears on Thursday night. Then they play the at the Panthers ten days later. Loss. At the Rams. Saints at home after a bye. Titans on the road and Vikings at home in their next six games. What's their record after six more games? They're three and one right now. I'll give them two and six, and that's just because the Titans may not be a football team anymore by that point. They can win by default. And then the Vikings, I'll give them a, a mercy win. Wait, how could they be four, two, two and, and four? Okay, sorry. Ryan, I was like, your math, I'm <laughs> just going to say. So okay. two and four in those games, so they're five and five and five. I agree with Ryan. I think two and four. Um, Three and three at best. Sorry, Bears fans. Brinson pays us to knock you guys. By the way. Brinson, why do you hate the Bears? Did you have a traumatic incident at a zoo when you were a child, <laughs> like in a bear cage? 
You know what? Uh, Breach, my, my buddy and our coworker, Jim Rome, asked me this on the radio the other day. And uh, he's like, so what? Are, what's the deal with you and the Bears fans? So here, I was like, Jim, here's the deal. I picked them to win the division three years ago. They did win the division. Three years ago. I did. I, I'm not, I, 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 I thought the Bears would be sleeping to win the division. Sounds like a long grudge going here. No, I, yeah. no, I wasn't mad about that. The next year, I suggested in the offseason, along, and I wasn't alone in this, that the Bears might regress, that the defense could potentially regress. And Bears fans insulted my child. They insulted me. They came at me on social media. I didn't appreciate it. I didn't say they would suck. I said they'd regress. They went eight and eight. They missed the playoffs. Or no, they made the, they make the playoffs that year? I don't know. And then ever since then, I've sort of been on the train like the Bears might not be very good. And the Bears haven't been very good. And I've been this year. I said they were a fraudulent three and O. And that they're going to get whipped. The, the TikTok of how Brenton's, uh, social media interactions go with fans. He says something good. He says something bad. Fans get angry. And then Brenton just goes scorched earth on them. And that's why he has one team left, the Carolina Panthers. He's already dumped the Chargers because they, they hurt his feelings with Philip Rivers. They are, he has one team left. No, he sells the Colts. He has any, whoever oh. Philip Rivers is oh, right, the quarterback yeah. of is his other team. Here's, so there's just well, a couple of fans got mad at me this week, but here's the, here's my, um, here's my pick, my write up for the pick of Colts Bears. Huh. A three and O team with a fan base that won't stop complaining about a lack of respect for the team that just managed to complete a second 15 point fourth quarter comeback of the season. Three games in after benching and starting quarterback is an underdog at home. That's so weird. Colts are going to win by 20 plus points. See you in my mentions, Bears fans. Colts 24, Bears three. And that's the other thing. You lean into boom, it. Boom, boom, boom. You double down. Like I don't like having, uh, you know, anxiety because people are saying hateful things about me. You're like, bring it. You're like a happy Gilmore. Brenton in the batting thrives cage. on it. He literally thrives on it. It he is, is. He is happy Gilmore in the batting cage. Just you know how super, no, it's like, you know how Superman needs, he absorbs the sun for his power. Brenton yeah. needs the hate. Yeah. That's no, how he you survives. Think, you think. You think hate is your ally? <laughs> you merely adopted the hate. I was born into it. It's like it's like something like that. Um, anyway, moving along. This is where we do derail Diva. Stay on right. target. Derail. That's right. I've given I've given up completely on my charting the uh, the laps that we're making here. But uh, the, uh, by the way, the Colts as a Super Bowl pick, I don't feel bad about right now. Okay, the defense can do a lot for old quarterbacks. They're going to have to do. A lot of work to get through the Chiefs, obviously. Um, and the, we'll talk about the Ravens in a minute. But the Ravens and the Chiefs beat, beat each other up. And you know what? The Colts were the one team that manhandled the Chiefs last year. That 1913 win. Point breach. I just think I, I am pleased because the Colts defense is a lot better than people thought. Their point differential through four games is plus 47. All right. I'm with you. What's next? <laughs> Oh, some Philip Rivers stats real quick. Oh, God. Just kidding. Uh, Seahawks 31, <laughs> Dolphins 23. The Seahawks cover the five and a half. The under 54 and a half actually hits. This was the one over under on the early slate that didn't hit, I believe. Russell Wilson, 24 fantasy points. Chris Carson, 22 fantasy points after being leaving with concussion-like symptoms. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, 18 fantasy points. The Seahawks improved to 4-0. and There are only two 4-0 and teams currently in the NFL because of COVID-19 uh, situations, uh, two of them, one of them will play on Monday night, and then who else plays on Monday night? 
Uh, two of them will play on Monday night, two three no teams. So we could have more. But the Seahawks, along with the Bills, are the only four no teams. It's the second time in franchise history the Seahawks have gotten to four and zero. Do you know when the other one was? Twenty thirteen. That's right. Fun fact: they won the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson ties Peyton Manning from two thousand thirteen for most passing touchdowns through four games in NFL history with sixteen. Russ cooked again, mm-hmm. but the Seahawks. Yeah. I will say the Seahawks looked a little lethargic, and the Frisky Dolphins had a shot to sort of steal this game and. Russ in Seattle put their foot on their throat. I wouldn't say Russ cooked. He had a terrible interception in the end zone, but he, they traveled and, and breached the travel expert and he can weigh in on, on what it meant, but they traveled across the country. The farthest points I think two NFL teams can play Seattle down to South Florida. Correct. And they won a game and it was against a, a frisky team, as you noted, the Dolphins. Dolphins kicked 5,000 field goals. Ryan Fitzpatrick led the Dolphins in rushing yet again and he oh, threw a couple dumb interceptions. That field goal. That Brian Flores kicked down 17-12 with eight minutes left felt cowardly. It's fourth and five uh, from is a 29-yard field goal. Fourth and five from the Seattle 11. I think it's not like the Seahawks defense is any good. That's my point. You're playing a bad defense with a yellow quarterback. You're you're sound like you're pretty you're a pretty big dog. You're you're only down five. Like you score there and you know. You kick the field goal there, and then Seattle goes down and gets a touchdown, and you're down nine, right? But, like, if you get a touchdown there, you're up, and then, I don't know. I just felt like they should have gone for it. Reach? Nothing? Uh, I mean, I get why he did, because he felt like they had been slowing down the Seahawks all day, and he thought they would. uh, So you're thinking, all right, next time they're out, we'll force them to punt, and now we only need a field goal, and we'll take the lead. So, like, the timing of it, I kind of like. I do think they should have gone for it, but I, I at least understand his thinking because he's. He, hey, look, we have we're, we still have eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. We get one stop, we get a field goal, we're in the lead. We've had a pretty good day stopping, slowing down Russell Wilson. We got that crazy pick in the start of the first or the second half that Ryan just talked about. But I will say, for me in this game, I thought the most impressive thing that Russell Wilson did was. Two minute drill at the end of the first half, except instead of having two minutes to run the drill, he had 24 seconds. 24 seconds. They drove 75 yards and 24 seconds to get a touchdown Ridiculous. at the end of the first half. Uh, this is great, man. I think the big winner is Devontae Parker for instance reasons. Uh, we talked about Nick Foles being blue and Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing Ryan Fitzpatrick things. At what point are we going to have the two conversation? Uh, I don't think they want to do it if they don't have to. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, Fitzpatrick. I mean, he was dealing with injuries this week. You know, like he was. Well, it was uh, it was a illness, but it was non-COVID related. So I don't know what the what the. Well, right, you don't want to throw your sick quarterback out there to. But presumably he was back, so I presumably it won't be. You know, it's not a month long thing. I mean, I feel like you watch the Dolphins on a week to week basis, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is getting is running a lot. He led them in rushing with six carries for forty seven yards and a touchdown. He runs a ton. And he takes a bunch of big shots. Like, not like he's like staying in the pocket and gets crushed, but like he just, he's aware. He's not trying to like process the offense on the fly. I just don't know that right now is like you really want to that's have fine. to throw that's too out there. I right. think if you're staring at the, uh, Dolphin schedule and that's maybe that's for is doing is let's put two in a, a manageable game where we might be able to win. And I am staring at, Oh, we play the Jets two weeks in a row or two games in a row. 
that is when I start Tua. And then you have the Bengals in there too. So you go Jets, Jets, Bengals. That is where you start Tua if you're going to start him. Here's the thing, though. You do not want to lose to the Jets under any circumstance. So I wonder if that would you shy away from that. That's and Ryan, you mentioned uh Seattle to Miami being the longest flight. That is five and a half hours nonstop. And to put that in perspective, New York to London is six and a half hours. Yeah. So you're almost flying like United States to Europe. Yeah, that's why I'm okay with it. I mean, the Seahawks didn't look great, but who cares? They traveled thirty eight hundred miles or whatever it ends up being, and they won a football game. And they're four now. Yeah, they're they're really good football team. Vikings thirty one, Texans twenty three. You can tell Ryan really wants his beer. Vikings thirty one, Texans twenty three. <laughs> the Vikings cover the plus three and a half that they were dogs at home easily. The over sneaks under fifty three and a half. Top fantasy performers: Dalvin Cook twenty six points, Deshaun Watson twenty four points in garbage time, Adam Thielen seventeen points as well. Is there any chance that Bill O'Brien decides to fire Bill O'Brien? Right. I mean, they scored six points in the first half with Bill O'Brien as the self-appointed play caller. And then as you pointed, is, was he go, is he now going to take over more or did he take? Oh, he over did it this week more? against the, in the Vikings game. That's when his first turn play calling this year. So I saw, um, our buddy Michael David Smith at Pro Football Talk quote tweet, uh, a, a, a clip from Dov Kleiman. Yeah. Um, in, in NDS, it sucks that Sean Watson's on bad teams, and I agree. David pointed out, he's like, uh, this offensive line's going to get uh, uh, Deshaun Watson killed. And, like, you watch the play. I don't think it's the offensive line. I think it's Deshaun. Well, it's Deshaun, but it's also the play design. Like, they're oh. basically asking Deshaun to make these reads with these guys getting vertical. I mean, Mike Zimmer just outcoached Bill O'Brien this game. He just dropped linebackers into coverage. And he knows that they're either going to run with David Johnson or they're going to try and get vertical with Will Fuller and Brandon. Brandon Cooks didn't have, wasn't present in this game. Will Fuller had a huge game, but it was all garbage time. I mean, I, I this team understand. is doing what we were worried they would do, which is try and like let Deshaun Watson hold the ball in the pocket as the receivers get deep or run with David Johnson. And it's a terrible idea. I don't understand the David Johnson. It makes less and less sense each and every week. He ran for 63 yards today. He had two tar- uh, three targets, two catches for 29 yards. I mean, what are we doing? Well, and, and keep in mind to put this kind of in perspective how bad the Texans offense was. They went three and out on their first two series. They really didn't get anything going till the second. By the way, Brief, sorry to interrupt you, but, uh, Bill O'Brien, new, newly minted play caller, scripted those plays out, presumably. So the first six plays were all F-minded. Exactly. So he scripted these out against the defense that gave up. Oh, uh, let's see. 43 points to the Packers, 28 points to the Colts, 31 points to the Titans. They're giving up an average of like 36 points per game. And the, the Texans had six points in the third quarter. I mean, hmm. what are you doing, Bill O'Brien? You can't Zimmer yeah. out coach yeah. you. It's just like winning. He, this is playing chess. All Zimmer had left was pawns. And, uh, Bill O'Brien has his queen and he still loses. This is like, this is, <laughs> that's, that's how awful. embarrassing this is. They had zero net yards in their first two drives. Can you actually only have pawns left versus – is that possible? I think you have to have your king also. Their first <laughs> three drives involved 12 plays for a grand total of 16 yards. Good job. Against, against a bad Vikings defense. It's called scheming them up. I mean – I now I'm depressed. I didn't go look up John McClain's tweets during this game. Were they hot fire? 
No, I it's I don't like it makes me fearful for his health when I see him tweeting. <laughs> I mean, I I need to look and see, but I bet it is. Uh, they actually passed on first down in one of those. But I mean, it's just basically they run David Johnson off the left, like they run him off tackle left or you know, left or right on first down every time. Also, we do that. We're always guilty of this, but the, the Vikings actually let Dalvin cook. I always, I should have said that today. Get it? Let Dalvin cook. Yeah. Pretty good, right? So I got it. Here's the thing though. I mean, this is sort I got of the, it, Ryan. thank you. Thank you, John. This You're is welcome. how Kirk Cousins has success. You have the running game work. I don't know if you can give the ball to Dalvin cook 27 times a game and expect that to last forever, but Kurt only threw the ball 16 times, uh, 22 times at 16 receptions. Uh, uh sorry, uh, completions. Uh, Brentson mentioned Thielen. Justin Jefferson went off, but that was it. Like those are the two big targets in terms of receptions. Dalvin did all the heavy lifting, and then Kurt made the throws he had to make. I think he had the touchdown. It was to Thielen. Oh, that was a really good throw. Really good throw yeah. in the end zone. Well, I mean, this is what you want the Vikings to be. I, the the problem for Mike Zimmer is that usually most of the other three weeks so far this season, he hasn't had someone who would just acquiesce to his demands and also play. Like a, a slow brand of football. Yeah. Uh, the, so the Texans have given up 166, 230 and 169 rush yards to their first three opponents coming into this game. And in this matchup, the Vikings ran for 162 rush yards. This is the oh. worst rush defense in football, I think, with the Houston Texans. And they play Derrick Henry twice and they play Aaron Jones. They play Nick Chubb and the Colts. Not a, Colts twice. None of this, and and Joe Mixon. They play Joe Mixon. None of this is going to get any easier. Like Houston could end up going three and thirteen, and this is why Bill O'Brien should be fired. Not because of going three and thirteen, but because you have no way to get better. The Miami Dolphins have your first round pick. The Miami Dolphins have your second round pick, and if you get a top five pick, it's shipped off to Miami. You don't. Yeah, but they got pick. David Johnson for uh, Dre Hopkins. Oh, uh, that's true. You know what? Now that you put it like that, Ryan, he should keep his job. So I mean, like. It is crazy because the Texans, I, I think. The, the Where's Texans the path to rebuilding your team without a first or second round pick and you go three and 13? That's yeah, not fair. I mean, you need, like, well, they did it during Deshaun Watson's rookie year where they were a terrible team when he got hurt and then they just got lucky. So next year. <laughs> you're, you're banking on luck. Next year, uh, $19.4 million cap hit for Laramie Tunsil. They theoretically could cut JJ Watt, maybe. Deshaun Watson, 16 million. Whitney Merciless, 12. Zach Cunningham, 11. Like they, they don't have a ton of cap space. Well, They're, the cap space is rarely the issue. The issue is that you don't have ways of getting better. They don't have any draft picks. They right. have a bad cap situation and they don't have, they have like a stars and scrubs roster. This is a potential house of cards. Potential. It's just a house of cards. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's just an actual house of cards. House of cards. Yeah. yeah. And the only thing propping it up is Deshaun Watson, who, while he is, is getting great, beat up every single game, he's not playing well either. Yeah. He's, you he's try playing play. against 11 professional athletes out there by yourself. He's been sacked the second most times in the NFL this year. It's not he holds good. the ball way too long. They have a negative 46 point differential. Is that good? It's not good. Okay. They're, I mean, this is a bad football team. So, and to getting back to the Vikings yet again, uh, feel any different about their chances as something, cause, uh, as recently as Sunday morning, they were one of the worst teams in football. It wasn't even, it wasn't like up for debate. 
No, I don't, I don't feel, look, the Texans, if they, if the Texans ran any kind of competent offense, they could have thrown the ball over the place and forced Dalvin, forced the Vikings to get out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Like if you let Dalvin Cook run 27 times, let him he's cook. He's going to go banana, go ham on you. Yeah. I think if the Vikings are going to get that ham breach, the Vikings ham. <laughs> next three games are Seahawks, Falcons, Packers. I think they have to go at least two and one to like kind of get back in. So you guys steal one from the Seahawks. The Vikings have Seahawks, Falcons, Packers, and their next three. Those are really bad matchups for them. Oh, horrible matchups! Because those teams will throw on you. You can torch the Vikings secondary, and that was like the thing is like the the Texans just just throw verticals. Will Fuller? They did. (laughs) They still lost. (laughs) They did in the second half. Well, they only. Bill O'Brien only wanted to score six points in the first half, and he got that off once he checked that off the to-do list, then he got to work. And it's crazy, right. too, because he was down like 17-6 at halftime. Correct. All right. We're not letting the Vikings derail us again. Not the Vikings, the Texans. Texans. Was it Texans last week, too? No, just any – in no point should you be derailed by the Texans, I think, is the takeaway. By the way, most receiving yards in the first four games in Vikings history? Justin Jefferson. Hey, Randy Moss, man. Oh. Just kidding. It's Justin Jefferson, 348. Yes. Hassan Jones, second, 287. Then Randy Moss, 273. This is Kirk Cousins' first game without an interception, by the way. Good job, Kirby. Rams, 17, Giants, 9. That sound you hear? Survivor pools everywhere. (laughs) Rams were trying not to win this game. The Giants covered the plus 13. The under 48 hit. Uh, Jared Goff, 14 fantasy points. Cooper Cup, 12 fantasy points. The Giants have not scored a touchdown since... Week two of the fourth quarter against the Bears, a sort of meaningless one. Uh, ooh, this is a good stat. The Giants have scored as many touchdowns this season as Odell Beckham scored for the Browns against the Cowboys. Mm. You hate to see it. That's I think a good stat for Odell. I think the Giants have scored 47 points this season. This season. We had Ryan or well, Brenton mentioned that the Texans have been outscored by 46 points, negative 46 point differential. The that's the third worst in the NFL. The only two teams that are worse, the New York Jets and the New York Giants. Uh Daniel Jones probably runs a marathon every game just because he's running for his life. I could tell you as an expert. Oh, that's right. You're an expert. You probably know exactly the, the- He does. Shucking and jiving, he has to do. But I mean, he has no time to throw. And then when he's back there, he's double pumping and making. He makes some good throws, but he, it's just hard to tell how it's going to work out because, like Deshaun Watson, the man is running for his life. He has no running game to speak of. He led the team in rushing, or he tied with Wayne Gallman. I mean, that's just not where you want to be. Devontae Freeman's out there. Deion Lewis is out there. Eesh. And like you said, Brenton, the Rams didn't even play well. The Rams, the Rams weren't very good. I don't know. I can't believe the Rams couldn't get going. We, uh, you know, we're on a text thread with Jamie Eisenberg. Do you know who his start of the week was this week? Jerry Goff? No. Daryl Henderson. He did not play well. Daryl Henderson did not have a big game. He didn't get many chances, but he had, uh, eight carries for 22 rushing yards. And he threw in, uh, 16 yards receiving 38 total. Well, Better than half what? my fantasy roster. Did. I started Cooper Cup against Breach. So that's what you should have I was done. hoping you wouldn't even bring up that matchup, Wilson. You, you, I don't even want to say it. The board's probably destroyed. You destroyed me. Uh, I only bring this up because I find it amusing. So, um, 
I, do you think that Matt Ryan, for me, I'm playing Pete Prisco in the Fantasy Football Today League. I think Matt Ryan can uh, avoid throwing 45 interceptions on Monday <laughs> night. <laughs> Is that how much are up? I'm up 156 to 87. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. I have, I have Matt Ryan, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Travis Kelsey. So on this team, I had Joe Mixon and Odell Beckham and Will Fuller. <laughs> so Wilson's me. Wilson's beating me by 21. And I have Aaron Jones left. I was like, I could win this with Aaron Jones. Then I saw Wilson's roster and he still has Patrick Mahomes. So <laughs> it's, it, it, I don't want to talk about it. Um, anyway. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to, the, I thought the Rams were going to slaughter the Giants. It's yeah, a little but bit. I mean, the opening drive, they went, they marched right down the throat. It was seven nothing. It was like, Oh my God, they're going to win this game 42 to seven. Yeah. That and, is what it felt like. Let's see the Giants. The Giant. The Giants went punt, punt, field goal, punt, field goal, punt, field goal, punt, turnover on downs, interception. Is it just possible that the that the they didn't, they didn't have a drive over fifty eight yards? The Giants the defense final. actually played surprisingly well. That has something to do with it. They were sort of stiffening, and, and you know they haven't done that this season. All right, we, all right, you watch you watch all these games with our our some of our producer friends up in uh, Stanford. What were uh, Rob and Scott? What were, how were they react? As Giants fans, how were they reacting? I didn't get to watch it with Scott. Uh, I watched usually the Giants games every week with Rob, and uh, he expects the worst to happen every single time. I mean, he was surprised at how well they C- played. Uh, CBS Sports HQ producer, of course. Yeah, uh, he was surprised at how well the defense played in this game. But you know, it's the Daniel Jones running for his life and, and the incompletions and the, the sort of mistakes that just pile up. And there seems to be no rhyme or reason from from Jason Garrett what the plan is and that does that sounds you know about right. Yeah, I feel like Jason is probably back. in over his head because you went from having Zeke and Dak and Amari and all these weapons to having no weapons, having what Brendan just Gallman. said, train wreck offensive line. You you design a play if you need two point five seconds to run it, you don't have two point five uh, seconds, so you can't run the play. So you just lost fifty percent of your playbook, and you have to go re- redesign it all, and you can't do that, especially when Aaron Donald. Is rushing the passer here. Daniel Jones got sacked five times. I mean, it was atrocious. It really felt like the Rams just went through the motions to win this game. There, there wasn't. I don't know. I don't want to say it was a trap game. But they were coming off the the loss in Buffalo, where they had to fly across the country, come back home, play this game, and they have to fly all the way across the country next week to play Washington. It was just like, let's just get here, let's beat the Giants, and and move on. Yeah. I think that's right. I mean, we were talking about the Seahawks traveling across the country, and they found a way to win. The Rams found a way to win after traveling to Buffalo last week. Yeah, it's these game the the drive logs are weird. Well, I will say one thing about the drive log. Towards the end, fourth quarter, the Giants had fourth and three, fourth and four from the Rams' forty-eight yard line. Just under ten minutes left in the fourth quarter, they're trailing ten to nine. And they decided to punt it. I thought they should have gone for it. Yeah, they cut it to ten to nine. It was close. They had they had chances. Yeah, but again, this is a football team that hasn't scored in two weeks. Uh, Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate got in a scuffle, <laughs> and they will. Uh, the NFL, according to Tom Pelissero of NFL Media, will review that. Fines could be coming, but probably not suspensions. Well, you know the backstory. Um, Jalen Golden Tate. No, I don't. I've no, no clue. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, go Ryan. You got it. Jalen Ramsey has two kids with Golden Tate's sister, 
but they have since broke up. And I think last year at some point, Golden Tate, <laughs> Golden Tate said in the media that he didn't appreciate the way Jalen had disrespected his sister. And, um, there was a play early in the, there's a play in the game, second half, where Jalen form tackled a dog doo doo out of Golden Tate. I mean, it was a, oh, he rocked him. And I don't know what was said then. I don't know what they were whinging about afterwards, but, um, you know, as, as BMAC said, yeah, keep that stuff in house. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna uh, hop in real quick with just a, a little cross promo involving our friend B Mac tomorrow on All Things Covered new podcast with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden. Our guest Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. Oh, unless he is you know talking to the commissioner about something that happened on Sunday, we planned this with Jalen last week. He will be on with us. We will ask him nice. about this. So awesome. download, subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. Nice, uh, Diva. Let's get some. Uh... Get some audio and play it. You gotta get audio and play it across the platforms. You gotta do the ESPN car wash thing. If he gives a good answer, we fire it out to everywhere. And all of a sudden, all things covered is like, you know, up in a tiny little corner box in some kind of, you know, not properly credited, but yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? (laughs) Not properly credited on certain. Right. Exactly. Like it'll be like barely credited in the top right corner of like Fox Sports. It'll be used. They'll use transparent font. To credit it. And then you have to like use a heat lamp to, to show, you have to print out the tweet, use a heat lamp. And they're like, yeah, it's right there. That's where the crediting is. By the way, quick sort of beef I have. And I, I don't oh, like to say, well, I just, this is a separate more pocket. Beef. For instance, if you're, <laughs> this is not, it's beef not a beef. It's not a beef. It's a, it's a, it's something that grinds my gears. Upper middle, upper, upper middle class white man would like to grind, to, to voice his grievances. <laughs> Go. Uh, with the way that social media is structured currently, when a play happens and the NFL like tweets out a video about it, yeah, I don't need every single sports site or person grabbing the video and then tweeting it as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Like, and it's like, whoa, Jalen Ramsey rocked that house. Courtesy at NFL or like, right. and then like SI is like, Jim Ramsey lit. And it's like, I, I don't need every single one of you people to tweet this video with like a via at NFL. Like I know just hit retweet for once for the love of God, just hit retweet once. So we don't have to see it at like 4 million versions of the same video. It's like Twitter's it's, it's, it's and when Brenton's people. Twitter follower account drops by. 24 tomorrow that is going to be because uh the social media team here at cbs sports unfollows him i'm not the great irony breach is that brinson you know stops his family from watching television so he can pause it and and rewind the show (laughs) take a video of it and then send it out so he's just as guilty as the media company you know what i'm saying right like yeah, I don't want, I don't need my feed to be 47 videos of the same thing, just with it's different. Like this, but it's not even like, it's not even like they had, like somebody happened to like spot it and be like, oh, that's crazy. Like, let's do this. It's like literally the same highlight that the, as soon as the NFL publishes it, everyone else has to tweet it and be, it's like via at NFL. And I, I get it. You got to build your brand. You got to build your following. Right, that's what it is. Um, by the way, Jalen Ramsey was, according to Jordan Ronan of ESPN, Waiting outside the Giants locker room for Tate after they had left the field. There you go. It's real. When asked about the incident, I like these two answers. They've perfectly encapsulated. I'm trying to do the best voices I possibly can. All right. When asked about the incident after the game, Rams coach Sean McVay said he was unsure what happened. It was kind of shaking hands. It kind of got in the middle. Fortunately, it got broken up and nothing occurred from there. 
Giants coach Joe Judge also said he was uncertain about the details. Obviously, we want to do our fighting between the whistles for 60 minutes. I don't know all the details, so I'm going to reserve comment until I find out everything. The English? <laughs> Is that British? Did I get British there? I don't know. You got, you got fancy at the end there. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, best of luck to both of them. Hopefully no one gets hurt. Yep. Moving along. <laughs> the Ravens 31, the Washington football team 17. Boy. The spread pushes and the over 45 and a half hits. Top fantasy performer here, Lamar Jackson, 28 points. Antonio Gibson and Dwayne Haskins both had 18. And Mark Andrews, 17. We do, uh, by the way, Lamar Jackson, 50-yard, a gorgeous 50-yard run. Undoubtedly tweeted by every single uh, social media team around the planet. Uh, it was it was sick, though. Um, the longest run of his career, which is sort of hard to believe. 50 yards a long way. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, 314 passing yards at his career high. First career 300-yard passing game and the most passing yards by a Washington quarterback since Case Keenum of week three last year. Last year, Case Keenum. Okay. Do you think that we impressed enough with uh, Lamar's bounce back after that putrid Monday night game? Yeah, I thought you were going to ask me if I was impressed enough with Dwayne Haskins. I think, yes, for both. I mean, obviously, Lamar Jackson. It was buzz that Dwayne Haskins would get benched. Yeah. And um, did he do enough? I guess. But, again, that was sort of mop-up time. He has one receiver in Terry McLaurin who was – Unstoppable. He's so but, good. Uh, Lamar Jackson can beat anyone as long as they're not dressed up in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform. So that's what we know. And, and that until he uh, clears that hurdle. And as long as it's not January. And I was going to say, Breach will forever dog him for going to go into the playoffs. I'm not here. I'm, I'm not here for this. Let's <laughs> see if he wins a playoff game first. I mean, this is what you have to do, though. If you're the Ravens, you got manhandled in Kansas City. You got to beat down the teams you're supposed to beat down. And that's exactly what they did here. I mean, they put this game... They jumped out 14 nothing. I don't think anyone, whether you're a Washington fan or a Baltimore fan, if you're a Washington fan, you never thought your team was winning. If you're a Baltimore fan, you never thought your team was losing. This game wasn't ever close. Baltimore dominated from start to finish, and Lamar probably made one stake, mistake, which was his interception right before halftime. But other than that, I mean, this was just... There were two interceptions made by Washington. The second one was like with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, thrown by Robert Griffin. Who was in there because this was such a blowout. I had this, I had this game on, um, it was like a local, I had the Panthers were local and the Washington football team were local. If you had any, if you were a self-respecting football team, you would give that interception back. We do not want the RG3 interception. Uh, you know what? The Ravens actually had three players who attempted a pass. Uh, you know, Ryan, you said let Dalvin cook. I say let Sam cook. Sam cook. Yeah. That was a great fake punt. Fourth and nine. That, it was an interesting call. I mean, obviously it was the right one. Uh, but the fact that John Harbaugh was thinking, you know, if this doesn't work, whatever, you know, we're going to win this game anyway, but let's do it. Cause it was still kind of close at that point. Fourth and nine, Sam Cook throws a 15 yard completion. He is now seven of seven for 82 yards in his career. Fun fact. Wow. And he, it was a great like deke. Like he catches the ball. And does the thing, like he looks like he's going to punt and he pops up and he's just whipping it down the, and it's a great. Is he play. better than the Rams punter? At Johnny Hecker. I mean, he's seven to seven. You can't argue with those stats. He's, they make it, they, he, he does a very good job faking it. He, the guy was wide open. He just whipped it in there. The guy ran a good route. Um, all right. Let's, uh, move along. Bum, bum, bum. Let's, oh, the big game. He missed. He missed. Oh, and he may have pulled a hamstring <laughs> or a. That's right. The sadness does oh, not continue. The Bengals win 33-25. The first win of Joe Burrow's NFL career. The Bengals cover the minus two and a half, the over 49 hits. Joe Mixon, your top fantasy performer, he went 
Ham. Ham. 36 points. H-A-M-A-M-A, yes. Hamma. <laughs> Gardner Minshew had 24 fantasy points and DJ Chark 21. Joe Burrow is throwing for 300 plus yards in each of his last three games. He's the first rookie in NFL history to achieve that. He's really good. Preach, the floor is yours. He is really good. This was exciting to watch. I know we don't want to spend a lot of time on Cincinnati versus Jacksonville, but it is fun to watch Bengals games. And it's not just this game right here because they won. I thought the game last week when they tied was fun. I thought the Browns game where they lost by five points was fun. I thought week one was fun until someone's calf cramped up. Oh, he missed! He missed! Oh, and he may have pulled a hamstring. (laughs) But I know this sounds crazy, and I sound like a total homer saying this, but I do think that uh, Joe Burrow's getting better every week, which is kind of scary for other teams because he's been good since day one. And, you know, he threw for 300 yards in this game. I don't know if the Bengals aren't, I don't like, I don't think they're in the bad tier. I don't think, the, I, I think they're a decent team. Like you look at the Browns are a very good team. The three and one right now, we saw what the Browns have done. They were in a game with the Browns. We saw what the scene with the Chargers have done for the past few weeks uh, against the Buccaneers, against the Chiefs. The Bengals probably should have beaten the Chargers, and we saw what the Eagles did on Sunday night against the 49ers. Those two, the Bengals played them to a tie. So I just think that maybe the Bengals are an underappreciated team right now. Let's settle down, Skippy. No, um, they're, they're, I think this year the, the whatever, but next year Brinson will be the one to pick them to win the division. Calling it now. The Bengals are one, two, and one with a zero point differential. They, but here's the thing. Randy Bullock went four for four in field goals on Sunday. If he had just shared one of those field goals with the week one game, <laughs> they would be one, one, and two right now. I can't play anymore. Um, no, they would be two, one, and one. No, they, oh, they one, only, one, oh, you're giving the tie. You're assuming uh, a tie. Okay. That's, I mean, the, the Bengals could very easily be three and one right now. Not very. You always say that. Not very easily. I mean, they, they could have beaten the chart. They could have, should have beaten the Chargers. Just tied them at least. They could be four and oh right now, to be perfectly honest. They could be four and oh. It's not like absurd. Like saying, think, saying the Jets would be 4-0 right now, that's absurd. <laughs> saying the Bengals, the Lions would be 4-0 right now. Right, that the Bengals are like four plays away from being 4-0. I will say. Probably Breach more is, like 14, but still. Breach is right. Joe Burrow is awesome, and he is. Well, but that's the thing. It's not that the Bengals are a good team right now. Joe Burrow's just awesome. Well, Joe Mixon finally showed up in yeah. terms of scoring and getting in the end zone. Jaguars he are terrible. Hit. Who? Jaguars are terrible. Jaguars yeah. beat the Colts. They beat the Colts when we won. T. Higgins actually had a good game. Um, I don't know what to make of – and even that interception that Joe Burrow threw was a great pass, uh, great play by Miles Jack, and not a great play by Drew Sample, who just sort of didn't hold into the ball. That should have been a touchdown pass. He also had another throw that should have been a touchdown pass. If the Bengals receivers could handle Joe Burrow's passes, they probably won, would have won this game 48-25. to In their defense, they were catching ground balls from Ryan Finley last year. so That's true. Ryan, that's that's fair. Thank you. But, I, I won't. I, I think, won't harp on Joe Burrow. And make you guys talk about him for an hour, though. I, I actually, I said this today. I love Joe Burrow, and you know, I. That's what I told you. Him. I would take Joe Burrow third on behind anybody in the NFL, except for Mahomes and Lamar. Yeah, that's dumb. Who are you taking in front of him? Deshaun Watson. No. Yes, I am. I am. I promise. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that that would be the right move. But put Deshaun on any other team, but a team coached by a person who doesn't seem to care about football. Joe Burrow's been better than Deshaun Watson this year. 
I think Deshaun Watson. Maybe Josh Allen is kind of like sneaking. And Joe Burrow has actually been sacked more than Deshaun Watson. He's the only quarterback in the NFL, so he's faced just as much pressure, if not more, and put up better numbers. Respect, Ryan. Put respect on Joe Burrow's name. His press conference was so funny because he was so excited for a win, obviously, but he spent half the press conference just extolling the virtues of the offensive line doing well. And and between the lines, (laughs) I didn't take a beating. Thank you very much. Uh, Awesome uh, note here from Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. He uh, said on, he talked to Joe Burrow and he told me that he got the game ball today and he put it right back in the bag of footballs to be used next week. Quote, it was a really good ball. You only get so many. You got to keep them when you can. So he took a game ball from his first win and put it back in the bag of balls. I respect that. Yeah. Hey, one (laughs) quick question. If If the Texans finish with the worst record in football, Yes, you do. You trade to Sean Watson. <laughs> no. No, then the Dolphins do. They take Trevor Warren to trade to him. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> That's a bit serious. And you trade Trevor, you trade Tua to the Texans. <laughs> for the mean, next three first what round. What do you do if you're the Dolphins and you get the number one pick from the Texans? Uh, you're in a position of power. That's, that's all there is to it. I would take Trevor Lawrence. I would too. But you could get way more in a trade for Trevor Lawrence than a trade for Tua. Yeah, I suppose you make sure two is one hundred percent healthy. Yeah, 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 whatever. Blah blah blah. But um, I mean, you think about it. All right, that would look. that would be crazy. You're like, oh, we do this. We're not even bad. We should do this is coming. All right, the Panthers beat the Arizona Cardinals. Ah, speaking of teams taking quarterbacks in back-to-back years and being disappointed in them suddenly. I know. Thirty-one uh, twenty-one. Carolina wins. Teddy Bridgewater, 26 of 37 for 276 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Also ran for a touchdown. Who knew? Mike Davis was a pretty good poor man's Christian McCaffrey, 16 carries, 84 yards and a touchdown, and five catches, 27 yards. Robbie Anderson has been a fantastic addition to this team. Eight mm-hmm. catches, 99 yards. Curtis Samuel got involved. Uh, we saw Reggie Bonifant catch a receiver, had a receiving touchdown. Ian Thomas was cooking with gas. And frankly, this Carolina Panthers defense that's where did that come from? That supposedly stinks. These young guys are balling out. Like Derek Brown and Yedogos Matos are great. Jeremy Chen looks I mean, like this is a I, I the Panthers are two and two. I don't think that they could have asked for a better start than they've gotten. They could so not far. have. Because I think before the season, we all agreed. No one was talking about the Jets. At one point, we were saying the Jets, Brinson, basically, that they could make a have make some noise or whatever. Make some noise. I think that's something maybe you said. I think we all agreed the Panthers were probably going to stay under their 5-1 total. Well, and I mean, oh, even yeah. their week one game against the Raiders, they could have won. Like, they could be 3-1. and one. And, and I think the Panthers probably be won. There's 32 teams that are 4-0 right now. Well, I, I, <laughs> this is, world. I thought the Panthers have been one of the most surprising teams so far. Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, you mentioned him running. That running touchdown was was actually not even vintage Teddy. It was like Michael Vick-esque in terms of... Teddy Teddy didn't run? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's, no, was, there's no vintage Teddy. Right. I mean, and uh, he, he was making good decisions with the ball, and uh, there was a lot to like by the way he played. Kyler threw the ball 400 times for like 45 yards. I mean, that's interesting. What are you looking at and giggling about? Sergio, Sergio Garcia won a golf tournament and he closed his eyes while he putted the entire weekend. For real? <laughs> He'd line up his putt, close his eyes and swing the putter. That's funny. Anyway. 
But, uh, yeah, so great win, huge win. I mean, Matt Rule, those those guys seem to be buying what Matt Rule's doing. Joe Brady, the 30-year-old offensive coordinator, things seem to be coming together there. The defense that you pointed out, Brinson, is playing well above what people expected. And uh, the Cardinals, I don't know. Like, the 49ers are 2-2 two two in that division, and you're like, okay, I understand. Nick Mullins was out there trying to throw interceptions. Uh, Kyler Murray's out there, and, you know, 24. The Cardinals have lost to the Lions and the Panthers the last two weeks. That's the, yeah. And like Kyler Murray's not losing the games for them, but he's not. He's not playing well. Team. Yeah. 24 I mean, 31 for 133 yards and three touchdowns. He only that's averaged 4.3 yards per pass attempt. I mean, that's, that's an abysmal great. number. Drew Brees yeah. thinks that's terrible. Uh, Kenyon Drake has been, they just can't get going on the run game. Like Carolina was the worst team against the run coming in. And Kenyon Drake finished with 13 carries for 35 yards. Murray had a long 48 yard run, but this team is supposed to be run. I mean, they're air raid, but they're supposed to run the ball and they just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Not great. So, I mean, they're in a bad way in that division. I mean, I mean, they could presumably reel off 10 straight wins, but I don't think they're going to. It they're not going to. Absolutely nuts when you Google Cardinal schedule and they give me the. St. Louis Cardinals schedule. They play the Jets next, Brenton, if that makes you feel any better. Jets at Jets at Dallas versus Seattle at home before the bye. I mean, That's- if there's ever a get right stretch, like you play the Lions, Cardinals, Jets, Cowboys, and Seahawks, like people should be like, Cliff Kingsbury's lighting everybody up. Like, like this is the easiest stretch of defenses you'll ever see. And they're blowing it. And they're already 0 yeah. 2 to start that stretch. And they What's scored the, 26, 23 and 21 points. That's terrible. Where's the Jets game? At New York. New York. Minus nine. Who are you taking? Uh, I'm not taking the Jets or anything. Never taking the Jets. Ryan, that's, think, no one's taking the Jets. At minus nine? Vegas so just sets a point Monday. spread as a courtesy. Like, no one ever bets on the Jets. <laughs> <Yeah>. Come on. <laughs> a Cowboys game is Monday Night Football. All right, let's get to winners and losers for the week. Breach, you start us off with your winner. My winner is Joseph Burrow and me and all Bengals fans because we got a taste of what Joe Burrow can do today. Diced up Jacksonville, won his first game. I think we have many, many more wins to come in Cincinnati. And you know what? I think I predicted before the season that they would win six or seven games. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I feel a lot better about that prediction uh, after watching them play today. My winner is a loser and Justin Herbert, but he, um, long term, I think is a winner. Played well the first three games. I'm blown away with how well he's done. Uh, we talked about it early in the podcast. You have to stick with him, Anthony Lynn. You cannot go back to Tyrod Taylor. I'm sorry, Tyrod. That's just, uh, the, the hand you have dealt. Thanks to that doctor who stabbed you with the needle. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, uh, Justin Herbert has been exceeded every expectation that, that I had for him. And, you know, good for him. Yeah. Uh, he, he looks great. My winner, Kevin Stefanski. The Browns are three and one. The Cleveland Browns are three and one. They feel the competent, well run. Mm-hmm. They're executing at a high level. It's good to see Browns fans deserve this. It is peak 2020 that the Cleveland Browns would be a smart football team. So I guess we shouldn't be entirely too surprised, but here we are. Uh, how about your loser breach? Uh, 2020 would be the year the Browns make it to the Super Bowl because no fans will probably be allowed at the game. And then Browns fans just be bitter. Uh, they can't go. I think, the Super Bowl, be, I think they'd be okay. Speaking of the Super Bowl, the loser this week is me. 
I was also my own winner and my own loser. It was kind of what, sorry guys. And it mean to be so self-centered, uh, nice but me team. for taking my preseason pick to go to the Super Bowl was the Dallas Cowboys. I don't feel very good about that pick right now. Did you watch them play defense? They have the worst defense in the NFL. It's unbearable to watch. They're so bad. I thought they would be good offensively and that would overcome all their defensive shortcomings. Uh, that has not been the case. That's kind of been the opposite of the case. And uh, I am now embarrassed at my Cowboys Super Bowl pick. Of course, if they win the NFC East with a 6-10 and 10 record and get to the Super Bowl, I take all this back. You know who would take the current situation uh, of the Dallas Cowboys? My yeah. loser, Matt Patricia. <laughs> because we talked about the stats earlier. And he's blown all these leads. They've lost 12 of 13. Uh, he has the third worst losing percentage in, in, in Falcons history, too, probably Lions history behind Rod Marinelli and Marty Morningweg. It, it just ain't working out. And um, the ghost of Jim Caldwell has not left the building. Uh, my losers in the same division. Sure, they're three and one, oh, but they are fraudulent. <laughs> and it's the Chicago <laughs> Bears and Bears fans. You got up in my Menchies trying to say that you guys were good, that you were three and oh, it didn't matter how you got to three and oh, that I was a clown for picking against the Bears to score three points in a game based solely on the fact that Bears fans seem like jerks. And then you actually almost went out and scored three points. <laughs> you did it. You, you did it. You swapped you swap quarterbacks, Nick Foles. You think Nick Foles is your savior? Get lost. You guys stink. You're fraudulent. If you get to eight and eight, it's a win for the year. I'll see you in December. That's the wrong dumb dumb. That's it for the show. Uh, for Ryan Wilson and John Breton. Thanks.